Hello and welcome to the Board Shorts podcast brought to you by Get On Board Australia, the destination for new and aspiring board members and company directors. This podcast is called Board Shorts because boards and governance can sometimes be a really dry topic. And if I can't communicate board and director related concepts and information to you in 30 minutes or less, then I don't think I'm doing it right. I'm Lisa Cook, Founder and Managing Director of Get On Board Australia, and I hope to make this podcast and the information I share valuable and useful to new and aspiring company directors and board members like you. Today's episode is all about etiquette in the boardroom, why manners always matter. And I'm joined by etiquette expert, Alana Lenart. Alana is the founder and director of Etiquette for Success, a consulting agency based in Adelaide, South Australia. With an innate belief that company culture directly impacts the customer experience, Etiquette for Success delivers strategies that positions organisations to attract and retain customers. Building on 20 plus years experience in customer service, including 13 years at Qantas Airways, Alana is dedicated to engaging and empowering employees to drive consistently great results for their organizations. Whether you're starting out on your board career and wondering how to behave in the boardroom, or if you're feeling like the board you're on is behaving a little bit badly and you could do with a boost in its teamwork, today's episode has some gems just for you. Alana and I talk about what etiquette is and isn't, what etiquette looks like in the boardroom, that the behaviours that you and your board can introduce to create a better culture in the boardroom and across the organisation. Being a values-led board and recruiting for the culture you want, not the culture you have. Alana, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. Now, to get us started right at the beginning, what do we mean when we say etiquette? Well, etiquette is a really scary word for some people. I found that it immediately sends people into a some people into a state of panic. And the way that I describe etiquette is to start off by saying, well, what etiquette isn't. Mm. So in the training courses that I've run, I quite often ask, well, what does the word etiquette mean to you? Mm. And I get a very uh, wide-ranging answers and some of them start off with anything from the queen to what fork you need to use um thank you notes and quite often I also get you know walking around with a book on your head that's what etiquette means to people (laughs) but essentially um etiquette isn't those things they play a part in etiquette but it's that's not what etiquette is and I think the the best description for etiquette is the Emily Post description Um, and that is whenever people come together and their behavior affects one another you have etiquette right simple simple not about books on heads not about books on heads and not about the queen right so it's everyone can do etiquette Everyone does etiquette and they don't know that they're doing it. Right. That's good. So why does it then matter in the boardroom? Because it comes back to how we relate to one another Mm -hmm. and the relationships that we build with one another. Yeah. So in the boardroom, 
you know, you may have a lot of different discussions going on. There may be things that you don't necessarily agree with or you have a, a differing opinion and it's about being able to treat those interaction, interactions um, in a respectful way and give consideration to, to your other board members. Mm. And we don't even see that very often. Well, let's hope that changes. <laughs> That's right. That's what we're here today for. Um, so what? how does it, it show? What sort of actions and what sort of things do people do to each other amongst the group that that either show good etiquette or bad etiquette Mm. well I think it's easier sometimes to focus on the negative things so what people aren't doing Mm -hmm. or what they're not doing correctly so some of the really basic um, etiquette examples are you know arriving on time that shows respect for, for your fellow board members and respect for your position that, that you get there on time, mm. um, that you're prepared. That's also something that's really important, that you've come and, and you're prepared and you're in the space to contribute to, to that board meeting for that day and that you conduct yourself with honesty and integrity. Mm. Um, so I think that they're, they're really good things of what, you, what we all should be doing in a boardroom situation mm, mm. so I'm interested to know how um, and using the language from the Emily Post mm. Institute around consideration respect and honesty and how that helps create an environment of trust in the boardroom mm. well those three principles of consideration respect and honesty they really underpin what etiquette is and I like the way that the Emily Post Institute have rounded it off into those three those three words Mm -hmm. Um, they're three things that we all as individuals we want to be treated with consideration respect and honesty we we want that from from our interactions and quite often we don't necessarily give those give that to other people Mm. and it's not done intentionally sometimes it just falls away and we we get very caught up in in um in what it is that is going on in our own lives so if everyone comes to the board meetings with that mindset of consideration, respect and honesty and that doing so then creates an environment of trust in the boardroom, which is highly critical, how does that then start to influence culture and not just within the board group but throughout the organisation? Mm. And that's a really good question because we... In building that environment and setting that standard in the boardroom, it naturally filters down to the rest of the organisation. Mm-hmm. So if though if board members are treating them uh, treating each other um, with respect uh, and building that trust in the boardroom, then the CEO is treated the same way, and then that sets a standard that okay, this is how the board treats me, then this is how I treat. Uh, my employees and and it filters down into the rest of the organization and that's what I would really like to start seeing more of mm-hmm. um, that we that that organizations create this really good culture in the boardroom and that it's a set of values that they are held to that underpins everything else for that for that organization and that it comes from the top and it's modeled from the top because there is proof that that then that's when businesses are more successful yeah absolutely otherwise we end up 
like some of the organisations from the Banking Royal Commission yes, and what comes out from and that. And no one wants to be in that situation. I'm sure those people that are being questioned for days on end, they don't want to be there. No, that's right. But it all starts with etiquette. It does. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. That's right. So we're not advocating for everyone to sit around the table, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> no. How do people, in particular board members, still have the ability to appropriately challenge each other and management, but while still maintaining the consideration, respect and honesty? Mm. Well, I think good levels of self-awareness come into that and being able to have an open and honest conversation um, and, and giving people the room to make mistakes or say something that, um, that can be challenged and it can be challenged in a, in a good environment where they're not going to be shamed and blamed for something if it doesn't go the right way. Mm-hmm. So it's all what I'm reminded about. You criticise or challenge the behaviour rather than criticise exactly, or challenge the, the person. person. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Who'd have thought that was a tenet of etiquette? Well, it's full of surprises. So from your perspective and your experience you've had working with different organisations – what have you seen some of the behaviours or practices that board members can do to really model good etiquette? Well, coming from that foundation of consideration, respect and honesty, and, you know, I touched on before some of those basic things about being on time and, you know, it, it's, it's going back to those things that we all know. We're all raised... Um, either by our parents or when we're being educated through school that you treat others how you want to be treated and it's coming back and bringing those things to the forefront there isn't there isn't a set of you know five things that that you must do and that's a proven formula Um, we're all autonomous people we all have different ways of thinking but it's about being able to contribute what you have in a way that is it benefits and doesn't detract from what your board is setting out to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in what you talked about treating people how you'd like to be treated. Mm. But I've heard another version of that, which mm-hmm. I really like as well. And I think um, our friends over at the Emily Post Institute and their podcast, Awesome Etiquette, which you should listen to if you're interested to our listeners out there. Um, is I think what they call the platinum rule, which is that you treat people how you think they want to be treated. Okay. Rather than, well, I'm going to treat you how I want to be treated, but that implies that everyone's the same and wants to be treated like you, but like you've said, everyone's their own person. Yeah. Uh, But I can imagine that would take a lot of empathy. It does. It does. To try and figure out exactly what someone would want. Yes, and empathy, I mean, emotional intelligence is, is, I'm a big advocate for emotional intelligence. I think that it is really important and it's, it's the foundation for how we really get along, I think. What about etiquette beyond the boardroom? For example, throughout the organisation, mm. how does the board influence workplace behaviour? Well, I think if the board is conducting themselves in a way that um, 
isn't necessarily a good example, then that then that does filter down. And I think that you know it's if you you need to lead by example and set set the tone for what you want. So if if you know that there are behaviours going on in the business that you don't want, then it's important that you know you find a constructive way to to deal with that. And that might be going back and looking at company values. If you don't have company values, putting them in place and giving people a buy-in for that, having having the employees, you know, contribute to that. But generally from what I've seen, and as I've said, it, it's all things that we know. It just mm. slips away, you yeah. know, and, and having it brought back to the forefront. Um, yeah, quite often, you know, I'll, I'll say something very kind of basic and people go oh yeah of course you know I do need to clean up after myself and yeah and just basic things like that you know if people aren't being considerate of their employee of their workmates it can have a real effect on that company culture yeah and I always come back to thinking the classic dirty dishes in the sink yes and whose job is it you know exactly and ultimately it's your own responsibility take responsibility for yourself you know, oh, in the workplace. Huge. I think that's such a fundamental basic that gets missed so mm. often. Just take responsibility for yourself. Mm. And and having a culture where it's safe for people to take responsibility for themselves. Yes. Because if you find that people aren't, you know, if they, if they don't feel that they can um, admit that, yep, I've done the wrong thing or I could have done this better, if that culture doesn't exist, then you have to create it. And there's a, and there's a reason why it doesn't exist. So then that's where you go back up higher and look at, okay, well, where is this being squashed? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that whole psychological safety in the workplace mm. is huge. Absolutely. Yeah, such a focus too. So etiquette seems to be quite the foundation for so many different things in an organisation. It is. Yeah. It is. And it sent me off on a lot of different areas. And um, and I, it's an exciting time because I think businesses know that, that things need to be done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, employee, employees are looking for um, businesses that are run with a higher character. Mm-hmm. Um, and hold themselves to a, I guess, a higher moral intelligence, and and so, and I think consumers are looking for businesses that are a lot more uh, engaged in what's going on in society, and, and that are running themselves um, with strong values behind them. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, and there's been plenty of studies to back that up as well. Mm. Organisations with a social conscience, yes, yeah, do a lot better. Yes, and p- consumers expect companies to have that now. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm wondering then, what are the three, if I can put you on the spot, the three mm-hmm. most common, I guess, etiquette mistakes that people make? Well, I think. I'd say probably the one that I see quite often is emailing when angry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, not being considerate in how they communicate. Mm. Um, So don't ever email when angry. And I think that building on that, look at what the best form of communication is to get that message across. Mm -hmm. The second one is... Just losing track of time, you know, the amount of the amount of times I've been said, but you know, 
people come late to a meeting yes and they're not considerate of my time or someone dominates a meeting and then it blows out and it puts someone else behind for the rest of their day mm. and then I think the third one is so uh, devices mm. you know being distracted and not giving people your attention that's you know and people taking devices into meetings or you know even if you're just having a conversation and someone's constantly checking their phone you know that's so inconsiderate you're not you know that person isn't giving you their full attention and it doesn't make people feel good no absolutely not it's kind of a bit of a barrier there yes but the way that a lot of boards are going where they've got um digital or online um storage systems for Mm -hmm. their meeting papers and things like that requires then most of the board members to have their own device i've been on a Mm -hmm. board where they've given us tablet Mm -hmm. devices because our meeting papers were all stored Mm -hmm. on there what do you do when you i guess have no choice but to bring a device into the boardroom Mm -hmm. i think it's not so much about the device because Mm -hmm. um, they are a necessity it's more about not allowing that device to rule that interaction. Yeah. So if it's needed to make notes, to go back over the agenda, whatever it might be, then use it for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't switch over to play, you know, solitaire if it gets a bit boring. <laughs> That's a good idea. Hard to do in practice sometimes, but a very good idea. Don't put your headphones in and, you know, start catching up on your favorite show yeah no that would be very but I could imagine that some people from time to time would do weird things like that they do they do (laughs) um so what then do you think are the the three things that people most often get right with etiquette and don't even realize that they're doing it well I think generally people have the best of intentions you Mm -hmm. know that people don't get up in their day and start their day with you know, what can I do to make someone else's day difficult? Um, so I think generally most people are considerate of what's going on around them. From what I've seen, most people are willing to change and notice uh, when it's something's pointed out to them. They'll, they'll say, yep, okay, I can take that on board and, and they'll do something differently about it. And I think I also see a lot with honesty that um, I've seen a real change in people delivering feedback in a more honest and thoughtful way. Mm-hmm. So that's been a nice change to see as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a challenge for a lot of people to get right as well. Mm. It's giving that, um, I say direct feedback mm. and they have the best of intention, but mm. then the delivery falls flat mm. because they're not experienced with that well then you can put into practice a feedback sandwich the positive <laughs> the negative and the positive and that's a really basic you know um thing to do and what i like about that and that that theory can be used for a lot of different applications not just feedback um but what i like about that is it makes you consider what it is that you're going to say and you know i was using this example with a group the other day and I was getting them to do the feedback sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. And they'd say something, they'd say, start off with the compliment. And then they'd say, but. Mm. And so then I gave them the challenge of, you can't say but. 
because but negates what you've said before. Whatever comes after but negates what you've said before. Yeah. Um, so then they switched. They thought they were clever and they switched it for however. I said, well, that's the same. <laughs> you can't do that either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that because it makes people, you know, think about, okay, what, what am I going to say and how would I feel if, if this was said to me and how would I want it put to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that empathy. Yes, mm. and self-awareness. Yes, we keep coming we keep, back to self-awareness. back to self-awareness. That's the challenge, everyone. Improve your self-awareness. Yes. Um, so I've been thinking, what about, and I don't know if this is some sort of utopian board or very one-off situation where there's a group of people who are on a board and who take it to the other extreme where they're just overly friendly, overly nice to each other it is a bit of that all sit around and hold hands and sing kumbaya Mm. what negatives could come from that and how could etiquette i guess help Mm. in that circumstance can Mm. you be too (laughs) etiquette of course you can well i think you can be too etiquette that's a nice new word um and lose sight of what it is that you're wanting to do you know, you can, if you go around in the world trying to please everyone else, you're just going to make yourself unhappy. But in, in the context of a board that is too nice to one another, um, I think, you know, the, the negative to that would be loss of productivity. You know, if no one is going to, I guess, play the protagonist, mm-hmm. um, then things can come to a halt very quickly so in that situation you know i would encourage that you can have to focus on the productivity focus what are you trying to achieve um and you know if you're all on the same page with everything well then that's fine i guess as long as you're as long as you're still achieving results and playing the devil's advocate can be a good way of doing that too let's just give let's just throw something else in there so what if this happens or yeah yeah but it takes that person that one person to kind of go all right we need things to be a little bit different yeah and I think something like the devil's advocate is a really comfortable and easy way to bring in that alternative perspective so Mm. you just nominate someone around the board table to take on that role Mm. and they don't need to feel that it's them being critical it's that role that they're playing yes and then they can put in completely different views or challenge or throw up issues that could come from the decision on the table Mm. it's a low risk way of Mm -hmm. of looking at things from another perspective yeah 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 so what are some of the simple things that people can start to do or introduce into their board to improve or maintain civilities Mm -hmm. but also have that healthy level of conflict Mm. well i i am a big believer in a set of values Mm. and i know that that's something in the past that you know businesses have done just for the sake of it um but i think that done well and done with um consideration and actually really thinking about what it is that overall your organisation is wanting to achieve, a set of values that everyone adheres to um, or does their best to adhere to it is a really good way of 
of setting a tone, a, a good tone in the boardroom. Yeah, I would agree. I always want to take it a step further, though, and put a, a layer of accountability in there, mm. which you you don't see a lot in the boardroom, and especially with with volunteer-based boards where mm. people feel like they can excuse a lot of behaviours that some board members bring to the boardroom uh, or even outside of the boardroom because they feel like they owe them something because they're putting in mm. a lot of time and effort and so they don't want to pull up those people if they're behaving badly. So I'm all for values, mm. 100%, but then on the flip side you need to have that accountability if they're not absolutely adhered to. And I think the values, then that gives, that then allows scope for that accountability. You know, it gives, I guess, to some degree it puts people on notice. Okay, well, if you're going to be here, whether you're being paid or whether you're volunteering your time, yeah, this, this is what we stick by and this is as a group this is what we agree to um and i think i think it's very important to to do that so everyone knows where they stand and it also gives people an out yeah you know you know i can't do this i can't stick by this yeah and this board isn't for me yeah and how perfect that you're not really forced to be on board. Yes, yeah, because you don't want if people don't want to be there, mm-hmm. then you don't want them there. Yeah, they're not going to bring um, productive insight to the group. So, mm. you know, I think having that set of standards, whether it's values or whether it's standard, whether it's a code of conduct, having that in place gives people security. I think. Mm. Absolutely. No, and they know what's expected. Yeah. And people like to know what's expected. Oh, 100%. Makes them feel safe. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I'm one of those people. <laughs> so there's no grey area. I think we all are. Yeah. I think majority, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit. And, and another thing that boards can do at the end of the meeting is to have a debrief of sorts, to sit down and go through what was discussed and how it was discussed and because that that then creates that culture of self-awareness it's almost doing a self-evaluation and that's a really good way of of maintaining those that code of conduct or values yeah I think that's fantastic and we certainly do that on one of the boards I sit on at the end of every meeting and it's really a conversation that's less than five minutes but Mm. the chair says all right everyone how did that meeting go Mm. and it's more than just our behaviors it's did we feel like we discussed everything well do we feel like we challenged appropriately do we feel that everyone contributed etc etc and do people how do people feel about being involved in that well it's such a part of our culture Mm. that everyone is comfortable with it Mm mm-hmm and it's that sort of culture and environment that we recruit future board members for. Yes. And I think, you know, we've talked about this previously um, in some of our conversations about, you know, recruiting for the culture that you want. And I am, mm. I am a big believer in that. And I, I think that that's so important. Businesses do that, but I think it's so important for boards to do that, to really do a deep dive and have a look into, you know, what is this, not just the skills that this person is going to bring, but what character are they going to bring? And are they going to fit into this group that we are, that we're creating? 
for the betterment of our organization and I like the idea of that yeah uh so often though particularly volunteer boards get caught in that mindset that they just need people People. we just need bodies we just need people it doesn't matter but uh, I don't subscribe to that belief (laughs) just Mm. personally I think that there's people that can be great for an organization out there it just takes Mm. the effort to find them and bring them in um and certainly use that sort of culture you want rather than the culture you have right now to be one of those criteria that you evaluate people on. Definitely. Yeah, it's not hard. Uh, Well, that is great. And I think there's a huge amount of takeaway that people can have from today's session uh, and some actions that they can start changing straight away. Sure. So if people have more questions, Oalana, how could they get in touch with you? So uh, via my website, so etiquetteforsuccess.com.au or via social media, so Facebook, so Alana Lennart, uh, dash Etiquette for Success and LinkedIn. Perfect. I think what you need to do is give our listeners a bit of a helping hand and spell etiquette for them. Oh, gosh. You've got to written it down. Uh, E-T-I-Q-U-E-T-T-E. All right. You've got that, everyone? No excuses. <laughs> did I get it right? You did. Did you check? <laughs> you did very well. Well, thank you so much again, Alana. Thank you for it's having me. It's been wonderful talking with you. Likewise.